episode is really about understanding the deeper themes that have come up in the last 10 episodes. We are now, can you believe it, at episode 21. 21 weeks of raw, open, vulnerable, powerful, maverick, rebellious stories from incredible leaders. This is a group of people that's thinking outside of the box. These leaders who are having the courage to share the wisdom that comes through their breakdowns, they're also using that wisdom to transform their systems. Breakdown Wake Up is about discovering the groundbreaking wisdom within our most challenging life stories. I'm Meg Mateer, a psychology nerd turned business consultant and entrepreneur. Join me to hear from leaders about when things in their lives were breaking down and to listen for the wisdom waking up. Along the way, we'll explore fresh perspectives like how distress is a driver of success, not a barrier to it how our personal and professional lives are inherently connected, and how our individual experiences can help solve broader societal challenges. So how is it that I find people who are ready and willing to share these important stories in their lives. Well, I have this assumption that the most innovative, most forward-thinking leaders are the ones that have listened to their breakdowns, the ones who have paid attention to those alarm signals going off within themselves use that wisdom as not just something that they can learn more about themselves, but that their own alarm signals were cluing them into something that was happening on a broader level. And these people are not just taking that wisdom and keeping it to themselves. They're implementing it in their organizations, in new initiatives, in how they lead. And so we really need more of these types of leaders to be able to listen to those subtle signals going on underneath that discomfort, that dissonance, that distress, and understand what the bigger message is. Again, not just for themselves, but for their organizations and for society. I wanted to introduce a concept that I think would be really also helpful in understanding the last 10 episodes, but also the stories to come. I'd like to introduce a new frame of understanding personal and professional development, a new image, if you will. I think many of us have conceptualized personal development or professional development as a sort of ladder or a staircase that we climb, that as we learn more, we move up on in those phases, we move up in levels. But I'd like to I'd like to reframe this and maybe introduce a concept of personal development as balance 
rather than as climbing a staircase or climbing a ladder. So as we go about our lives, we can imagine ourselves trying to stay in balance. It's sort of the nature of things. If we think about nature, how ecosystems work, how our bodies work, there is a constant state of wanting to achieve homeostasis, a sense of being balanced. And I think ultimately in our lives, that's also what we want, whether we're conscious of it or not. And so as we go about our lives, things may happen to us where we start to feel really off balance. And the work and the understanding and the insight and the practice that comes with personal and professional development allows us to build that core, those muscles, those different skills so that we can retain a state of balance even in situations that might throw us off. And the reason why this concept is so important to understand Breakdown Wake Up is that our internal signals, those alarm signals that we're constantly talking about, the wisdom that lies within our breakdowns, is often signaling to us that something is out of balance. So the more that we can listen to those signals, And the more that we can combine listening to those signals with our own understandings about ourself and about the world that we've learned through our own development process, the more we are able to recognize that imbalance and get back into balance more quickly to return to a state of homeostasis without having to go all the way to the extreme where the alarm bells are going off incredibly strong. I think one of the reasons why this metaphor of balance can land more than the staircase or ladder metaphor is that it's a dynamic process. It's not a process in which we climb a certain ladder, we climb a staircase, and then we achieve a state of being developed or having arrived at a certain place. But it also doesn't mean that any sort of development that we do for ourselves is pointless because we can always get knocked off. It means we are constantly being challenged by the world, by our relationships, by our lives, by our internal worlds to maintain a sense of balance. And as we feel more comfortable with balancing ourselves in a certain sphere, in a certain way of operating, we may then feel more comfortable taking bigger risks in our lives that will challenge us more and may throw us more off balance. So keep that in mind as you think about your own life and these stories. In episode 11, I speak with Elizabeth Kristoff, an entrepreneur in the health and wellness space, 
who speaks about how in the midst of running her own company, her own successful Pilates business, she was running herself into the ground. In this episode, some of the important themes that have come up is this idea of what happens when we attach our identity or our value to our success in business. And I think this is happening for many people, especially as we are losing senses of self outside of the business world. Our professions, our projects are often our only sense of our contribution to the world. They often also are only communities that we belong to. So it's very easy to understand how many of us could wrap our identities up into our own performance. What happens for Elizabeth is that her alarm system is going off to try and show her how she is overworking herself and over pushing her own boundaries in order to prove some sort of success in an environment that ultimately is really unknown. In episode 12, I speak with Nadia Tarnchevsky. She's a coach, trainer, author. Nadia and I talk about this idea that addiction in many different forms can appear as a survival strategy, that our addictions may be our bodies and our system's response to trying to manage, trying to hold space for things that just cannot be held. It's an escape route. And we also talk about how high performance actually can act as an addiction, as an escape route. This leads perfectly into my conversation with Mark Harris in episode 13, where he really talks about being in this high-performance culture for most of his career, and at some points using work as a way to deal with his own emotional pain and uncertainty that lay underneath the surface. I think Mark really showcases how, on the outside, he was successful on all levels but inside he was really, really struggling and staying busy and staying over-engaged with work and with things to do kept Mark from going into that deeper uncertainty that was going on with him and his family. And so I think this showcases the connection between our personal lives and our professional lives but also it challenges this notion of what we understand about high performers, that people who are successful on the outside very much may be struggling on the inside and may be using their positions of success to escape deeper pain. And that's okay to a certain degree. Again, these mechanisms, these reactions can help us survive really challenging emotions. But when we get caught up in the coping mechanism or in the escape mechanism, we may have lost our way so far removed from our original pain 
that it may cause more destruction and more disconnection. So how in these moments can we, in a safe way, turn towards each other to be able to share what's really going on for us? In episode 14, I speak with Lena Anderson. She's a forward thinker, futurist, and philosopher who has started an organization that focuses on bringing a concept called Bildung into the world as an education model. And Bildung brings personal development into the education space. One of the most important lessons I take from my conversation with her is that we have these three stages. So the first category is that we are deeply connected to our emotions, our emotional state. In this developmental framework, this is the early years. In the second phase, we become more connected to the group, to the norms and values of our society so that we can be a good team player. And in that third stage, we develop our moral compass, which is a combination of both our own sense, our reconnection to our emotions, to those inner signals, and we also remain connected to the norms and the values And the combination of those two connections gives us strength enough to be able to make sure that not only our own system and our social structures are in check, but broader systemic institutions are also reflecting the values and the sort of moral compass that lies within each of us. We can think about how we can use each of our inner compasses to keep broader institutions at check. But as Lena mentions, and also this is really important, we have to develop a relationship with that inner compass first. We have to learn how to navigate those signals, how to understand what is, for example, just a fear of the unknown versus what is a real intuitive signal that something is not right. In episode 15, I interview Oryx Cohen. And Oryx is a mental health leader. He talks about experiencing altered states of consciousness. And his story is really important because it brings about this theme that we have perhaps within us some level of intelligence that lies below our conscious awareness. And that level of intelligence is also trying to signal to us things, trying to help us process things that cannot be processed on a conscious level. And for him, his altered state of consciousness, which may also be considered something like psychosis, was working for him to process these experiences of trauma in his childhood that were really, really difficult to hold. It also brought him a deeper understanding of his own relationships and also allowed him to see his role as a leader quite differently. In episode 16, it's a solo episode And I share a bit of my own professional story, my own experience of what 
starting to actually listen to my own wake up signals, what that taught me. And I think the biggest theme in this episode is this shift from seeing distress as only pain, something to avoid or something to pathologize or ignore or get over or some sort of sign of weakness into understanding it as a sign of wisdom and a sign of something within me that wanted to grow and to follow that and see where that went. Episode 17 is a conversation between myself and Agnes Billick. She interviews me on her podcast, Raw and Real, where she interviews business owners about sort of the realities of starting a business and the personal stories behind those. And in this interview, I dive in a little bit deeper into my own experience with depression and how that experience really catalyzed my own professional venture in studying psychology and then starting Empatico after seven years working in the corporate world. I think the biggest theme here is a concept that I was calling embrace the suck, which is in these moments in our lives where things are just really, really difficult, that we don't always have to make sense out of them. We can sometimes in the beginning just be with those feelings and to acknowledge that they're really difficult rather than seeing them only as being valuable if we extract the wisdom. And that might seem a little counterintuitive given the fact that I've been speaking for the last 20 episodes about the importance of listening to the wisdom, but I think there's a difference between paying attention and being alert to the wisdom that's coming up within your breakdowns and sort of forcing wisdom or insights out of any pain. And that if for some reason, if you can't find the wisdom in those painful moments, that it becomes even more frustrating or more devastating. So it's really about where to start from, that we start from a place of openness, of compassion, of being with the feelings where they are and exactly how they're being expressed. And then wondering, being curious about where that wisdom potentially is, what it is possibly saying to us. In episode 18, I speak with Helena Geitenbeek. And in this episode, Helena speaks with me about gender and inclusion in the workplace and the experiences that she's had, those breakdown wake-up experiences around her role as a leader and how a gender narrative was influencing her ability to lead in a few contexts. I think the biggest theme from this conversation is the importance of really recognizing how this gendered narrative has shaped organizations, has shaped our concept of leadership, and to really try and bring that to conscious awareness both within men and women in the workplace in order to overcome this assumption, this over-identifying leadership with masculine characteristics, and how as women and other marginalized communities start to feel those feelings of dissonance, of disconnection, 
that we find spaces that help them communicate what that wisdom is that's waking up in their own dissonance. Because it will probably give us tools and clues on how we reorganize the broader systems and the broader narrative that we actually buy into. That we can consciously co-create that narrative rather than unconsciously just absorbing it. In episode 19, I speak with Marcel Schwantes. He talks about how his own physical distress, how stress was manifesting in his body, finally clued him in and woke him up to the fact that he was really operating in a toxic management system, that his environment didn't feel safe, that he didn't feel supported at work. And I think this is also the one of the biggest themes that comes up here, similarly to Helena's conversation, is that our distress is not only just saying things about ourselves, but it's saying things about the broader picture. So it's worth it enough for us to really pay attention and to ask questions to people who are under distress because they may have answers that will help us shift our bigger systems or our relational dynamics in a way that is productive and helps the success of our organizations. And finally, in episode 20, I speak with Dmitry Gutkovich, and Dmitry brings a really interesting perspective into the podcast where he shares his own experience of developing a deeper understanding of himself and a deeper understanding of the world through his own experience of hearing voices. And that what he's learned in his own journey of working with and understanding these different energies and voices within him has helped him develop a concept of harmony that can also be super useful for the broader world and how we understand conflict and differing opinions and our own internal dissonance. So that's it for this summary episode. Thanks again for listening. I hope this was really helpful in starting to piece together some of the broader themes that are coming up in the second 10 episodes, episode 11 through 20. And please reach out to me to share your feedback or your questions that you have for me or the podcast or um, any other elements of the project. I look forward to hearing from you and I will see you all next week. If you like what you just heard, please check out our website at www.breakdownwakeup.com. If you subscribe to our mailing list, you'll get weekly updates about episodes and special events. We also have a growing community of people who are getting excited about this concept and sharing their own thoughts and reactions. Finally, if you're trying to discover the underlying wisdom within your own breakdown and need some help, we've designed special programs to help do just that. 
Thanks again for listening. And remember, when things are breaking down, important wisdom is waking up.